and good to see you out this morning in the house of the Lord and welcome to Victory Way Baptist Church. Glad you're here. I want to just open us in prayer and we'll we'll get right into the service and uh, and uh, looking forward. How many of you came expecting to hear something from God today? I hope you did and I, I did too and uh, how many of you need something from God today? I certainly do too. So asking God, let's ask God to do that very thing. Father, we come to you this morning as needy people, Lord. And, and Lord, we want to praise you. We want to thank you, Lord, for the things you've done in our lives and and Lord, how you've taught us, how you've helped us, how you saved our soul when we came to the end of ourselves and put our trust in your death, burial, and resurrection. But Lord, today we come to you as, uh, I believe, primarily as saved people in this room. Lord, asking you to meet with us again. We need a fresh touch from heaven, Lord. We need a, uh, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Lord. We need, we need you to help us. Lord, in the days that we live. Lord, help us to be examples. Help us to be leaders, as we talked about in Sunday school. Lord, uh, spiritual leaders that lead others to more Christ-likeness. Start today. May you be glorified. May Jesus be lifted up and magnified in all that's said and done. And we'll give you praise, glory, and honor for it all. In Christ's name, amen. Well, good morning. Welcome back to church this morning. Have everybody go ahead and stand as we jump right into the worship service. And singing praise and honor and glory to God, that's our whole goal here. So let's start out with Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word. Just to rest upon His promise, just to know the saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I prove to more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for So glad I learned to trust thee, precious Jesus, Savior, friend, and I know that thou art with me, wilt be with me to the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I God be the glory. <clears throat> As we adjust our music and everything. <clears throat> but that's, again, that's the whole point, is to give God the glory for whatever it may be, even in these times of COVID where places require a mask, some places don't, whatever the case may be, we can give God glory, even behind a mask. It's okay. All right, let's sing to God be the glory. Yeah. 
Count your blessings, and that's something good to do out through to do throughout the day, throughout the week. Even just to count the, the things that God's given us. He's given us air. He's given us just another day to live. He's given us the ability even to come to a building and worship Him. Let's sing, Count Your Many Blessings. When upon life's pillows you are tempest tossed. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, then them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by what God has done. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly, and you will be singing as the days go by. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Amen. Thank you for singing. Go ahead and wave to your neighbor. Go ahead and welcome somebody close to you. Again, it's good to see everybody here in the house of the Lord this morning. And we're thankful to have Miss Ann Stone with us. She's uh, going to sing this morning special.
Thinking about that song she was just singing for just a moment here, and uh, uh, took me to Romans chapter eight in my mind and my heart, and uh, and uh, I'm thankful for this. How, how many of you have those times in life where you uh, where you go to prayer, you're so burdened and you don't even know what to pray? Anybody ever been there? 
That's what that song was reminding me of. Romans chapter 8, listen to the, the wonderful truth from the Word of God, tells us in verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray, for as we ought, but the Spirit, talking about the capital S, the Holy Spirit itself, maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Isn't that great to know that even when you can't get the words out, the Holy Spirit knows exactly what's on your heart, and He'll just take over. <laughs> Say, God, you know. <laughs> That's good times in prayer right there. I'm thankful for we serve a God like that. How about you? What a wonderful song. Well, let's do this, and Brother Terrell's going to come preach to our hearts after we sing one more uh, song here, worship song here in just a moment. But before he does it, let's just take a moment as a as a church family to spend a moment or two in prayer. If you if you know someone that's um, on your heart that needs Jesus, maybe it's be a time to lift them up. If you got burdens of your own that you don't even know how to articulate, how about say, God, you know, and let Him take those groanings to Him this morning. Let's spend a moment in prayer. Father, this morning I pray that you hear the prayers of your people. Thank you for being a God who hears and answers prayer. Lord, even we don't know what to say, Lord, thank you that the Holy Spirit, will, that he'll groan, he'll, he'll intercede for us, he'll make those requests. And Lord, today there's many names you probably heard that were lifted up in the hearts of your people that, that need Jesus. Lord, help us to be a light to a to a dark world help us to share the gospel the fact that there is a savior who loved us so much he died for us was buried and rose again and if we put our trust in him he'd save us and give to us the free gift of eternal life lord for many burdens that were in this room today some were spoken i'm sure some couldn't be lord meet the needs of your dear people thank you for being a good god thank you that regardless of circumstances it never changes the facts that, Lord, you are not just a good God, but you're a great God. We love you this morning. Be with Brother Terrell, the tater man, as he comes to preach here in just a moment. And help us right now get focused in our worship and prepared for the Word of God through our final worship song. We give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone, please stand. We sing our final song this morning. The song is, It Is Well, and as uh, Ms. Ann sung about, and as Pastor Mike even just talked about, even when we don't know what to do, even when you're going through a really hard season, a hard time, we can still say, it is well with our soul because of Christ. It has nothing to do with our circumstances. It has everything to do with what Christ has done. So let's sing, It Is Well.
the Lord. It's well with my soul right there. Amen. I, that is, like I said, that is one of my favorite songs. I love that song. How many of you know the story behind that song? Okay, several of you do. It's, uh, uh, I think if the way the story goes, the man had just buried his child and uh, wrote that song. And, and I, I kind of have a, I kind of uh, sympathize with that man because I had a child that we had to bury 
19 years ago, but I tell you what, I'm glad that it's well with my soul because I'll get to see my child again someday, amen? I thank the Lord for that opportunity. Thank you so much, uh, Victor Wade, for asking us to come be part of your service this morning. I do appreciate the pastor uh, hitting a Sunday school lesson, bro. That was really, really good as well. And um, uh, keep praying for us, amen? Thank you so much for your prayers. Uh, uh, COVID-19 is happening, but God's still good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. Amen. Uh, you know, the devil's tried to hinder, but I'm glad that good always outweighs evil. Amen. Let me say it again. Good always outweighs evil. Or let me say this. Holiness always outweighs evil. And God is still on the throne. Come on now. I say God's still on the throne. He's still there. He need, hey, nothing caught the Lord by surprise. Amen. Nothing caught God by surprise. And uh, that was my last newsletter. I, I think you guys are, are hopefully are, you're getting them. And, and my last newsletter was actually titled, Nothing Catches God by Surprise. And we wrote a little bit about what's happening. And, and uh, it's happening all over the world. Uh, I just got a text the other day, Brother Ethan, from one of our uh, uh, colleagues over in, in Nigeria, not Nigeria, but Kenya. And he said that they're finally starting to open things back over there. But they're not going back to school until January of next year. And so uh, what's going to happen with us reaching the schools? Well, I was telling Brother Pratt here that I'm having to learn green screen technology. Do you guys know what that is? You say, what is it? Well, just go to Hobby Lobby, buy you a piece of green felt, throw it up, and then videotape yourself. Amen. Preaching, teaching, singing, whatever it is. No, I don't sing. So <laughs> if I did, the thing would crash. You didn't have to say amen right there. Who said that? Was it you? If it was my boy, man, I'll do with him later, amen. <laughs> but he, he does sing. He, he, he sings. He's playing the guitar now, doing a fantastic job. He's been, um, Hunter has been working at the home office in Cleveland, Tennessee at Rock of Ages off and on, Pastor Mike, this, for about three, three weeks now this summer. And we praise the Lord for that. I'm glad I got a son that has a servant's heart. Amen. He's 18 years old. And I, I thank God for that. And I thank God for all the young people that have a servant's heart and, and everybody. I tell you, we need to serve the Lord while we can. Amen. And I uh, do uh, pray for my daughter, Miss Cheyenne. She's, um, she's in college now and she's studying to be a, a, a nurse. And she's really figuring out what college is all about now. She's figuring out what the, you uh, talking to Brother Hunter about being an adult. Cheyenne's figuring out what being an adult's all about now. She told us the other day, she said, I miss traveling, because that's all she's known, amen? I mean, from the time they were uh, seven and eight years old, Miss Elena, uh, Hunter, and Cheyenne, they've traveled all over the United States with us, but now she's having to batten down the hatches, amen? And so do pray for her, pray for Miss Tammy. She's still having to put up with Tater Man. Yeah, she's still having to put up with me. But I do thank God for the doors that's being opened. Uh, uh, the school year is looking different, like I said uh most of the schools are just starting back this week, and and the schedules are so tight. If they do let us in, it's, it's going to only be in by, like I said, the green screen technology. I'm having to record myself uh, teaching the lesson and sending it in to the schools that we're in, and they're having to show them throughout the uh, whatever they use, Google Classroom or whatever it may be. But the blessing in that is this. I get if they're staying at home, not only do I get to teach the students, Brother, I get to teach mom and dad. I get to teach Paul and Grady. 
We still call them that, right? Pond granny. That's what I call mine. But anyway, I get to teach pond granny or whomever it is they're living with. And, and I tell you, it's a blessing being able to reach them that way. And, and, uh, you see, God's got a way of reaching people. When it seems impossible with man, it is possible with God. Just because things look like they're shut down don't mean they're shut down. Amen. Uh, there's, God's got a way of using things. Dr. Ron Garris, he's home with the Lord now. He was the founder of the Rock of Ages along with Dr. Ed Blue. And he told me this back in 1996, Brother Mike. He said, uh, he said, Brother Walter, take advantage of today's technology. In 96, all I had was a pager. You guys remember those things? They're like a little dental floss kind of thing. And we had the bag phones. I mean, remember them. You had to plug it in your cigarette lighter, talk a minute. If you, we'll go over a minute. It's about, I don't know, 30 bucks or something like that. But, uh, yeah, we've come a long way. We've come a long way. We sure have. And he said, Brother Walter, take advantage of the day technology. And I thank God for technology. It's awesome that you guys have the songs up here where I can actually see them. Amen. And, uh, I know she was watching them back there too. Am I right? Awesome. I love stuff like that. I, I love technology, but you know, and I tell it like this. Technology is great as long as it's working, but brother, ain't it the devil when it's not? Huh? Come on. It is. And so I thank God for that. But do, do continue to pray for us. Like I said, we are trying to uh, record um, uh, lessons and messages and send them throughout the schools and around the world. I've actually had to uh, start a podcast now. And those of you that listen to podcasts, you can find it on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever. It's called the Sowing and Reaping audio podcast and just last week i decided to do a youtube channel and uh, you can look under tater man and you'll find two videos that i've done and it's only uh preaching for about uh, 10 to 15 minutes at most and you, you see there's ways to get the word out we've got it we've got ways we just need to be taking advantage of it amen <clears throat> we've got ways to reach people still <clears throat> even by way of facebook or or instagram whatever it is you might have so uh just uh, take advantage of it and, and use it for the glory of God. You know, sometimes that stuff can get you in trouble, but it can be used for the glory of God. Amen? It really can. So uh, I do do find ways to do that and keep praying. Uh, yesterday, I was telling Brother Ethan I had the opportunity to do a Bible school, an adult Bible school. Uh, we call it a senior citizen Bible school. Amen? It's the second annual senior citizen Bible school that we had on yesterday. And I preached about twice over there. And the Lord really blessed in that meeting, and we thank God for that. I'll be preaching, uh, start kicking off revival next Sunday down in uh, Madison or Pine Hall area, and then the following Sunday up in uh, up in uh, Wiltsboro. So do keep these meetings in mind, if you would, please. Okay. The book of John this morning, chapter number six. The book of uh, John in chapter number six, and I do continue to pray for all the teachers, the staff, and the students that are returning to school. Pray for the missionaries that go to school. Pray for uh, those that uh, are trying to reach the inmates inside of prison because prisons are not letting us in right now. But let me tell you how God works. One of our colleagues in the state of Georgia, he stood outside the prison with a, uh, what do you call them things, megaphones that you holler in? And uh, I guess they thought he was protesting. I don't know. But anyway, uh, he, stood outside, he stood outside the prison and he, he began preaching, amen. He was preaching, and uh, the officer come out there and said, and he thought he was going to be shut down, but what the officer did, or the warden did was this. He said, Brother, if you'll move up to this side of the building, they'll hear you better. <laughs> How about them apples, hey, man? I'm telling you, friend, God's got ways. 
And, uh, and so the inmates were listening to him as he was preaching his heart out through a uh, way of megaphones standing outside of the, uh, of the prison. And that reminded me of when I went to Uganda. Um, I don't know if I've been up here since February or not. I can't keep up with my schedule. Uh, Brother Mike stepped on my toes about that calendar this morning. And um, I was preaching in Uganda back in February, February before the COVID broke out. And there was a man standing outside of the prison, Brother Ethan. He was listening to me preach the word of God. He put his fingers through the chicken wire. And he was listening through, through, uh, to uh, Tater Man preaching the word of God. And I was standing on a platform not much wider than these steps. And the inmates were sitting two by two, by two as, uh, as far as they could go back. And I was preaching to him. I think about seven or eight of them got saved. And, and that young man, as he was listening to him, he fell under Holy Ghost conviction. Amen. And after the service, one of our colleagues went out there and talked to him about the Lord and got saved. Amen. By the grace of God. And so we praise the Lord for that. The book of John, chapter number six this morning, verse number 22, is where we'll begin reading today. And uh, good Lord willing, we'll be back with you again tonight. Uh, six o'clock, is that right? 6.30, okay. Uh, I got so many different schedules. Uh, I got one that starts at 5.30. Uh, next week, I believe it is. Anyhow, uh, J- uh, John chapter number 6, verse number 22. The Word of God says this, The day following when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there save that one whereinto his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Howbeit there came other boats uh, from Tiberias, as nigh unto the place where they did eat bread, after that the Lord given thanks. When the people therefore saw Jesus was not there, neither was his disciples, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, You seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did, you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work with the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him who he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. He gave them bread... From heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father gave you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And so I'm going to read for the sake of time this morning. May God add his blessings to the reading of the Word of God here today. 
As this great chapter here opens, we find that Jesus, He's preaching to a hungry multitude, and as He finishes His message, He is aware of their need for food, so He does that which only God Almighty can do Himself. Amen? And uh, He takes five small loaves and two small fishes and feeds a multitude of nearly 15,000 people altogether. I mean, friend of mine, that's, that's not even a bite for us Baptists, is it? Huh? Hey man, I mean, to take five small loaves and two hush puppies, I mean, a few hush puppies, hey man, and feed that uh, as many as 15,000, that's a miracle in itself. After all the people were satisfied, we find here that the disciples took up 12 baskets filled with the fragments that remained, the fragments that were left over, the fragments of this miracle. That's one basket for every doubting disciple. Come on. I said, that's one basket for every doubting disciple. And friend of mine, let me tell you, that's one tool of the dirty, rotten, cross-sided, slew-footed devil that he uses on anybody that's been saved any length of time. Things can happen in this world, and the devil will start making you doubt even which way is up. The devil can start making you doubt even that you're even saved by the grace of God. I don't care how saved you've been, how how long you've been saved, the devil can make you doubt that sometimes. But when the devil makes you doubt, all you got to do, my friend, is take them back to the day that you were born again. Amen? All you got to do is take him back to the very spot, the very moment, the very time that you got caught upon your upon the Lord for salvation, and he saved you by the grace of God to remind the devil what God has done for you. And the devil will have to flee. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. I'm afraid too many times uh, children of God are not resisting Satan. They're going right along with him. They're following the wrong person, the wrong crowd, preacher Mike. Therefore, they're doubting. I was sharing with my son. Uh, was it uh, about two weeks after I got saved? And Brother Hunter, I was sharing with Hunter. That's double trouble right there. They're both sitting right in front of he, Hunter, sitting in front of Hunter. Amen. And uh, I was sharing with my son Hunter that was it two weeks after I got saved. The devil used a dream to make me doubt my salvation. I dreamed that Jesus came back. I could see it just as plain as day even now. I'll be 50 years old next year. And, and I can see it just as plain as it happened yesterday. And I got saved when I was 23. I had a dream that I saw Jesus coming in the clouds. And the angels, angels were with them. Thank God it's going to happen someday. Amen. And I, I saw in that dream. I looked up and there he was with those angels. And all of a sudden here come my grandma by me like the road runner. Had her hands up in the air just appraising God. And woo, Jesus, hallelujah, he's come. And I said, Grandma, wait. And Grandma went flying up in the air. You know what happened to me, Brother Ethan? I woke up in a cold sweat because I thought I got left behind. Miss Elena, the devil used that on me for two solid weeks, making me doubt my salvation. And you know what happened next? I went to my pastor at the time that he, that he was my pastor. I said, Preacher, let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what's going on. And I told the preacher what happened. I said, I'm doubting my salvation. And here's what he said to me. He said, how can you ever doubt something that you never had? 
That's deep. That's deep Baptist theology. How can you ever doubt something that you never had? And it clicked. You're right. I never doubted salvation before I got salvation. Therefore, I have salvation. Amen. And all I got to do is go back to the Word of God and show the dirty, rotten devil, hey, I got saved by the grace of God, and I know that I'm saved. I said, I know that I'm saved, because 1 John 5, 13 tells me I'm saved. These things have I written unto you that you may what? Know that you may know that you have salvation. I mean, I know that I'm saved just as much as I know there's a nose on my face. I know that I'm saved, Brother Hunter Hunter, just as much as there's a glow on my head. I know there's a glow on my head because I'm standing under a bunch of lights. Amen. That's how saved I is this morning. I'm just as sure of salvation as there as anything. But that's not my message this morning. But I'm telling you today that um, the devil will use doubt if you're not careful. But as we go back to this verse of Scripture, as we go back to our story this morning, here found in John chapter number 6, we find that that was one basket for every doubting disciple. And in this chapter, we find that Jesus himself, he is presented this morning as the bread of life. And this is an interesting portrait of Jesus, since bread, listen to this, bread is used by every society on the face of God's green earth. Bread is everywhere. Have you thought about that? I mean, friend, just think about this. From the American who goes to the store to buy bread, uh, to the villager who cooks his daily ration, or uh, a bread on a stone in the deepest jungle, bread is consumed by people of every nation, every color, every creed around the world. Bread is a thing that's happened around, there's a, a happening thing around the world. Uh, when I went to Uganda, guess what most of my meals consisted of? Huh? Bread and mashed bananas, which was nasty. Bread, mashed, now I like bananas, but there's, there's a different, they're not as sweet as ours. I don't know where they, I don't know where we get ours from. But anyway, I, I mean, brother Ethan, we, we had bread cooked out on a hot, on a hot stone out in the open fire. Man, it was awesome. It was good. I had bread and pintos and cabbage. I come, yeah, some of you like that. You tried to mash bananas over you. <laughs> but I, that was my meal for about, about a whole week. And then we had some kind of meat. I hope it wasn't monkey, but if it was monkey, it sure was good. But that bread cooked out on the stone, it was awesome. It was really good. I remember many times getting up every morning uh, when I was raised by my grandparents and, and my grandpa would be on a wood stove, my grandma would be on an electric stove. Grandpa's over here, he's, uh, he's put bread in the oven, and Grandma's over here stirring up with something, and brother, I found out later, it was red-eyed gravy. Ah, somebody about to shout hallelujah right there. Then Grandpa pulled that bread out, and Grandma, she called it pone bread. Huh, you ever had pone bread before? Oh yeah, that's some good stuff. Yeah, I get, if I, that'd be the only amen I get out of some of y'all all day. But brother, bread is, is a substance, it's, it's something that everybody that I believe likes. You don't believe me? Ask Oprah. She loves bread. <laughs> At least that's what I heard. But here's the thing. Most people enjoy their bread, while some people like meat, some people don't like meat, some people like greens, other people don't like greens. The older I get, I'm having to learn to like greens. Thank you. 
unless it's uh unless it's um uh what do you, what do you call it? turnip greens now i love that stuff you baptize that stuff in vinegar man i'm right there with you i love apple cider vinegar with with him turnip greens and um <laughs> most people like greens other than those but most people that i know of likes bread it is the food that most bodies can digest and has satisfying quality. The other foods don't. Any way you slice it, any way you serve it, bread is good and bread is the food that most people enjoy. And it's no wonder, my friend, the Word of God calls Jesus Christ the bread of life because everybody that meets Him enjoys Him. Or at least you should anyway, huh? I said, everybody that consumes of Jesus and meets Jesus and partakes of Jesus, there isn't a person in the world who cannot tolerate Jesus or cannot enjoy Jesus when they meet Him because He is, in fact, uh, the bread of life. Amen? And so this morning, for the next few moments of time, I want to take that subject. I want to preach on this morning the bread, the heavenly bread of life. I want to look at the heavenly bread of life. First of all, in verses 34 and 35, we find the personality of the bread of life. We see the personality of the bread of life. Verse 34 and 35, we find that heavenly bread or heaven's bread is a person. According to these verses, the bread of heaven is not a system. The bread of heaven is not a denomination. Come on now. I said, the bread of heaven is not a system. There is no system that's going to get you to heaven. The bread of heaven is not a denomination. No denomination on the face of this earth is going to get you to heaven. I don't care if you're a Baptist or a Methodist or Presbyterian. That is not what's going to get you to heaven. You must be a part. You must partake of the bread of life who is a person. Amen. The truth simply serves to remind us we can never be saved by some religious system or some method. Salvation comes through and by Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Acts 4.12 says, For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I feel sorry for people who try to go to heaven by their own merit. I feel sorry for people who try to go to heaven by, by being uh, a, a certain denomination. Friend, if all I had taking me to heaven was that I was a Baptist, I'd split hell wide open when I die. You know what, uh, you know what trying to get to heaven by being a certain denomination is? That's works. That's us carrying God around. I'm a Baptist. I'm a Methodist. I'm a Presbyterian. I'm a Seventh-day Adventist, or whatever they called. That's what us carrying God around is. But you want to know what salvation is? Hallelujah, friend. Salvation is God carrying you around. Huh? It reminds me of the one set of footprints poem that I read so many times on the back of a funeral track. You know, during those bad times in our lives is when God's carrying us through the storm. And I might preach on that tonight, I don't know. But friend, the only way to get to heaven is through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, heaven's bread. Heaven's bread is a person. The personality of the bread, he's a person. The personality of the bread, heaven's bread has power. In the latter part of verse number 35 we find, the Bible says, um, him that cometh unto me, he shall, he that believeth on me shall never thirst. He shall never hunger. Amen. It has power. This heavenly bread has the power to save. It has the power to secure. And it has the power to satisfy every sinner who comes to him by faith. 
You ever been hungry enough that you ate bread and became satisfied? Huh? I have. I sure have. Then we find that heaven's bread has a promise. Verse 47 through 51, I won't read it all for the sake of time. But here's the thing, heaven's bread has a promise. These verses tell you and I that heaven's bread actually gives man life. Let me say this. Physical bread can sustain human life for long periods of time. However, after a time, the body is still going to die. There's going to come a time, if Jesus doesn't come back soon, we're all going to go out by way of the grave. As this appointed unto man wants to die. We all have an appointment with death that we cannot change. The only one that I read in the Bible that actually changed that was, was it King Hezekiah? One of those kings, something like that. He asked God for a few more years. And friend of mine, let me tell you this. Uh, we can change our doctor's appointment. We can change that dreaded dentist appointment. We, ladies, you can change your hair appointment. Huh? My wife was about to have a fit when this COVID hit. Her hairdresser wouldn't open. I thought I was going to have to get the scissors out and do one myself. Amen. She better be glad I didn't. Amen. She did. She looked like me right now. You have to change your hair appointment. Guys, we have to change our, uh, sometimes we have to change uh, other appointments that we might have. Uh, the gyms have closed and I can tell the gyms have closed. I was trying to find this microphone a while ago and I had to push my fat back. <laughs> I did. I'd be glad this over. I want to look like Ethan one day. I pick on him all the time about that. Here's the thing. There's one appointment that we're not going to change, and that's death. As there's a point where a man wants to die, but after this, the judgment. Friend, physical bread gives you life sustention for a certain period of time. But let me say this this morning. Let me say this. Uh, 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 Jesus, on the other hand, He is the bread that gives everlasting, eternal life. When He is received, uh, He gives salvation. That lasts for all eternity. Amen. Nothing can ever take the, that away from the child of God. And the simple fact is every person who places their faith in Jesus for salvation is going to live forever. Hey, look up here. Brother Walter may die one of these days, but Brother Walter ain't going to die at all. What do you mean, Brother Walter? I mean this. This body of mine may lay silently in the graveyard, but hallelujah, Yahoo and hot dog too, to the Lamb of God, my soul is going to live forever because I received the bread of life and if you're saved by the grace of God your soul is going to live forever as well that's why I about had me a spell just a moment ago when I was up here singing it is well and I love that song brother because you know why it is well with my soul amen it really is well not only do we see that the bread the personality of the bread is a person that has power of promise but also Verse 53, it has a price. It has a price in verse number 53. What of God says in verse number 53 in John 6, Then said Jesus, then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I said unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Before heaven's bread can be enjoyed by the sinner, it must be received by the sinner. This is a simple enough thing, is it not? Before it can be enjoyed by the sinner, it must be received by the sinner. But here's the thing. Many people stumble right here. They can believe Jesus is real. They can believe that Jesus died on the cross. They can believe that Jesus rose from the dead. 
However, to make His sacrifice and the salvation He offers a reality in your life, you must come to Him by faith and faith alone and be born again. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. We walk by faith and not by sight. You know what faith is in a nutshell? If I were to take the word faith and spell it out, F-A-I-T-H, here's what it stands for. This is terminology here, or tater manology, however you want to put it. Faith is this, F, forsake, A-O-I-I-T, trust, H, Him. Faith is forsaking all, I just trust Him, amen? That's what it is. We just forsake all and just trust in the Lord. That's not where we're going to get saved, by the grace of God. Imagine this. Let me use, um, not you, Hunter, but the other Hunter. Hunter, let's imagine that tonight after church, I invite you over to my house for dinner. I say, Hunter, you want a cat head biscuit? He's like, what in the world is a cat head biscuit? You guys know what a cat head biscuit is? Praise the Lord, some of you are right with God. What about the rest of y'all, amen? I say, Hunter, you want a cat head biscuit? And I'll say, Hunter, how about some red eye sawmill gravy to go with that cat head biscuit? Yes, sir. He's right with God, amen, he is. And Hunter, he says, well, yes, I do. Thank you, Tater Man. I said, okay. Well, you just come on by and well, I'll get you. I'll make sure Miss Tammy cooks up one of them big old cat head biscuits. We're not going to use them hypocrite biscuits. The kind that pop open in the can. Pillsbury Doughboy. She's going to bake them from scratch. Hey, man, she's going to beat it and pat it and smack it and all that stuff and throw it in the oven. Dude's going to come out that big around. So big you can almost swim in it. Have a big old bowl of gravy. Hunter comes by. And I say, Hunter, you sit down here and we'll serve you. Hunter comes by and I say, Hunter, once again, let me ask you. Are you sure you want a cat head biscuit? Yes, I do, Tater Man. And I, I had the plate in my hand. I say, Hunter, here it is. It's a cat head biscuit. And he's doing what he's doing now. He just sits there and smiles. That's all he does. I say, Hunter, you in there? Here's a cat head biscuit. You got gravy, but you want a biscuit with that gravy? Yes, I do, Tater Man. And he just sits there and smiles. Now I say, well, Hunter, if you want this cat head biscuit, if you want this bread, you're going to have to reach out and get it. I'm not going to give it to you myself. He's going to have to reach out and take it. Exactly like that. Friend, that's the way salvation is. It's that simple. Jesus has done everything He's had to do. He's, he's, he's took your place on the cross. He's gave His life for you. He's shed His blood for you. And He's arose for, hallelujah, He's arose from the dead for you. And, I, and He's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. And He says, sinner friend, all you've got to do is take this salvation and receive it as I give it to you. It's that simple. But I'm afraid too many times we want to try to do the work ourselves. Too many times, a lot of people are, yeah, I want it, but they're not reaching out to take it. 
If you got a cat head biscuit, let me know. I'll take it. Amen. <laughs> That's the way it is. This bread of life here. And friend, like I said, uh, it's not Jesus plus something. It's Jesus plus nothing. Amen? We see the personality of heaven's bread. Secondly, this morning I'm hurrying. We see the presentation of heaven's bread. Uh, verses 1 through 13, it's illustrated by a miracle. In the feeding of the 5,000 plus, Jesus presented a type of himself. He is showing, he is shown caring for the multitude, providing for them, and satisfying them. And the implication is that Jesus, like the physical loaves, is sufficient for the need of mankind. He is the all-sufficient Savior this morning. Notice here that every man took as much as they would in verse 11, and then after they had filled themselves they were satisfied not only were they after after they filled themselves there was still an abundance left over in verse 13 even though hundreds of millions have been saved this morning by the grace of God let me look up here there's always room for one more I said there's always room for one more Jesus is enough to meet every need this morning there's always room for one more friend his grace never runs out. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. It's illustrated by the miracle. It's illustrated by the manna, verse 30 through 33. Manna is something we need to look at in detail. The Jews come to Jesus and they request a miracle. They call the feeding of the multitude what? A miracle. And they reminded Jesus of the Old Testament miracle of the manna. They tell him that Moses gave the children of Israel manna, and they want to know, what is he going to do? And Jesus, he responds, and his response is to remind them that Moses was not responsible for the manna, but that it was the provision of God who gave it to him, really. It's my job, and Pastor Mike's job as preachers to give you the manna. It's your job to receive it. However you want to receive it. It's yours for the taking. You can just sit there and smile about it like Hunter did a while ago. Or reach out and grab it. Amen. Well, here's the thing. He goes on to tell them that the true bread from heaven is a person. As a matter of fact, it is Jesus himself, as I've already said, he is the bread of life. What Jesus is saying here is that manna was a type of himself. Aren't you notice the typology here between manna and Jesus. If you think about it, in Exodus chapter number 16, we find that manna was small. Verse number 34 of Exodus 16. Manna was small. What's that got to do with Jesus? Well, it speaks of Jesus' humility. It speaks of his humility. He wasn't born in a king's palace, but rather, he was born in a manger. He never employed the riches at his disposal, but here's the thing. He lived a poor life all the time he was in the world. He came to identify himself with the sinners that he came to save. He took upon himself the form of human flesh. He came to live as we are yet without sin. Amen? The manna was small. The manna was round. This speaks of Christ's eternal nature. Let me tell you something about the, 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 the shape round. I'm getting there. But here's the thing. There's something about 
the eternal life. I use this at Christmas time when I'm preaching about uh, Christmas and I talk about the wreath. But I told you guys I was getting around a while ago. It took me 20 minutes to get my old wedding band off the other night, Elena. That thing was growing on my finger. And so finally, after about 20 minutes and about tearing my finger off, and had to repent for wanting to say some things that I didn't say, okay? Don't look at me like that. You've been there too. I bet you one time you hit your thumb with a hammer as hard as you can, you might say something besides praise Jesus. But I was pulling and jerking and carrying on, and finally I ripped it off, and I had to imprint. I mean, it was almost like a tattoo. And I, and I said, Miss Tammy, I don't like going around without my wedding ring on. Because it is it's symbolic. And so she finally, we went to Walmart and bought one. Now I, can, well, now I can take it off. Is there an end in that? Do you see an end anywhere in that? Uh, this thing is a lot thicker and heavier than, than that other one that I had. And Brother Ethan, it would probably take me a good while to break that in half. But I probably could if I put the effort to it. But you see, ladies and gentlemen, when Jesus Christ talks about eternal life, this is what he's talking about. It's never ending. Huh? It's never ending. That's what he's talking about when he says, I give unto them eternal life. It's a never ending thing. And friend, it's like this. It was round. It speaks of Christ's eternal nature. Jesus did not have His eternal beginnings in Bethlehem because Jesus Christ always has been and always will be. John 1.1 1, 1, In the beginning was the Word and when the Word was God, with God and the Word was God. He always has been always will be. Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God. There's never been a time when He wasn't and there'll never be a time when He will not be. Amen. Let me tell you something else about this manna. It was white. Exodus 16.31 It reminds us of the sinless, holy nature of the Lord. He was born without sin, lived without sin, died without sin. He is a sinless Son of God. This manna came at night. For if Jesus came to a world lost in spiritual darkness and gave it light and life. You ever heard this before? The darker the night, the brighter the light. Friend, Child of God, we're living in some of probably the darkest times there's been in our history. But now's the, now's the best time to shine the light brighter than ever before. Darker the night, the brighter the light. Something else about this too. This manna was misunderstood by the folks who found it. Exodus 16, 15. They called it manna. You know what the word manna means? What is it? What is it? What is this manna? And so it was misunderstood by the people. And friend, Jesus Christ Himself was misunderstood by the very people He came to save. And even still today, Jesus Christ is still misunderstood in the world that we live in today. But look up here. He is more than a teacher. He's more than a prophet. He's more than a poor unfortunate man who got himself killed. Hey friend, He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the Savior of the world. He's a soon returning Messiah. And how Hallelujah. He is my best friend this morning. 
He's all of that and so much more. It was sweet to the taste. Exodus 16, 31. Those who took the manna found it to be sweet to the taste. And, and uh, uh, sometimes grandma would put sugar in that bread that she would cook. You ever had sweet corn bread? Oh, brother. It was something good. It really was. A little corn on the cob. Amen. I talk a lot about food every time I come up here. Something about y'all makes me want to talk about food. It was sweet to the taste, and by that same token, it's like this. All who receive Jesus Christ as their Savior, they find Him to be sweet to the soul and satisfying to life. David put it this way. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. And He is. Amen? And it said, He satisfies me. Before the, before the crucifixion of Christ once a year, the high priest would have to go into the holiest of holies. And every time once a year, God would cry sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. But oh, happy day, happy day, when Jesus Christ came and he took my place on the cross and he shed his blood. God said, satisfied, satisfied, satisfied. And thank God, preacher, I'm satisfied with Jesus this morning. Amen. It was, to be, it was to be kept and passed on. last thing we see about the manna, Exodus 16.32. It was to be kept and passed on, but Jesus is the same way. He is to be shared with those who cross our path to the next generation. That's why I travel all over America and all around the world to share Jesus with the next generation. Brother Mike, he, Pastor made it clear this morning. The reason that they're acting the way they're acting out there in the world is because they're lost. Preacher, I have to remind myself of that. Every time I see it on TV, I get mad. I do. I'm ready to take up arms. But i got to remember and keep reminding myself, they are lost. And had it not, hallelujah, had it not been for Jesus, I'd probably be right out there with them doing something stupid. Because if you'd known me before I knew him, you'd know exactly why I love him. I was a tyrant. I was a hellion. But thank God, I'm glad God, the Lord Jesus Christ can save tyrants and hellions as much as he can anybody else. You don't believe me? Anybody ever heard the radio program Unshackled? My story's going to be aired on there in a couple months. They're writing a script right now for my life story. Now, I'm not trying to build me up. I want it to be used so other folk might get help and be saved by the grace of God. Had it not been for that bread of life, I might be where they're at today. Last of all, this morning, we see the performance of heaven's bread. What is the performance of it? Well, in verse 51, it grants salvation Man can try any method of salvation he chooses, which is a great privilege of being a human because God created a free will in us and we have the ability to live as we choose. God is not going to force His will on you and I. God is not going to make us get saved. But honey, you wish you got saved if you ever die without the Lord. However, regardless of how a man lives or what path he chooses in life, 
Salvation will never be produced in the life of any person unless they come to Jesus by faith. The Word of God teaches this, and it will always be that way. I don't know what's going to happen in the days, months, or years to come, but I do know this. I know that every sinner who comes to Jesus Christ by faith, repenting of their sins, accepting Him as Savior, will be saved by the grace of God. He that cometh unto me, He said, I will no wise cast out. If you're hungry this morning, if you need some heavenly bread, you come and get your fill because Jesus Christ is ready to give you that bread. Amen. A salvation that grants satisfaction. I've already touched on that in verse 35. Uh, but Jesus really does satisfy. They who come to Him no longer have to drink from the cisterns of the world, but they find themselves tapped into the source of life and blessings that never run dry. Uh, before I got saved, I was drinking from the cesspool of the world. I was a drunkard, an alcoholic. But now that I'm saved, I've been saved now for 26 years. I'm drinking from a different fountain. Amen? There's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners placed beneath that flow lose all their guilty stains. It guarantees our security. Last thing this morning. Heaven's bread will guarantee your security and mine. I'm going to read that just in case anybody here is doubting their salvation. Verse 37 through 40 says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will no wise cast out. Well, that's enough right there to make us believe in eternal security. He said, He'll, no, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which hath he hath given me, listen to what he says, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Do you know what everlasting life means? It means everlasting life. Forever and ever and ever. Deep theology right there. That's what it means. These verses tell us beyond any shadow of a doubt that those who place their faith in Jesus need never to fear of being cast away or forgotten about. Jesus guarantees perfect and absolute security in our salvation relationship with Him. Amen. He didn't save us to lose us. He saved us to take us home with Him in heaven someday. Many doubt eternal security. They feel their security depends upon them and what they can do and not Him. That's why they're doubting. You can't keep yourself saved, but He can. You can't save yourself, but He can. Preacher Mike, I don't know about you, but have you ever had somebody come up and say, Preacher, you saved me. I've had that happen to me. I had somebody, uh, I think it was last year maybe, said, Brother Walter, I just want to say thank you because I, I came to church, I heard you preach, and you saved me. I said, well, son, I must have saved you because if the Lord saved you, wouldn't be doing what you're doing. How about them apples? Huh? When God saves a person, it changes a person. He changes a person from the inside out, not the outside in. Well, they have the opinion that they're responsible for maintaining their salvation. If they let the guard down, 
or guilty of some sin, they will lose what they have, have to be saved all over again. And a friend of mine is so far, that is so far from the truth because salvation is a gift of God. Just like me giving Hunter that cathead biscuit. Once he took that cathead biscuit and ate it, I can't take it back. I wouldn't want it back. <laughs> I wouldn't. <coughs> it is a forever work. Man has nothing to do with it. He cannot earn it, keep it, or lose it. Salvation is totally the work of the Almighty God. And when He gives it, my friend, He gives it forever. Those who are saved are saved forever in Him. So as I close this morning, as I close, from these verses, it's plain to see that Jesus Christ really is a hope of the world. He is what the soul of man needs for eternal life. He is the bread of life. So I ask you this question. Have you taken the bread of life? Have you partook of the bread of life? Have you tasted to see that the Lord is good? If not, then you can. He will not cast you out. Are you secure in your salvation? Have you been saved? What have you done with that heavenly bread? If you're here this morning and maybe you're doubting your salvation, I just read to you and gave you straight from the Word of God what He says about eternal life. He is the bread of life. He can't lose you. You can't lose salvation. Heads bow our house, close all the house of God. This morning I'm finished. If the pianist would come and begin to play something softly. Brother Ethan's going to pick us out a song. And I ask you this question this morning. How many of you here this today would admit that there's a time in your life, you say, Brother Walter, I smelled that heavenly bread. I partook of that heavenly bread. I tasted to see that the Lord is good, and I know beyond any shadow of a doubt I'm saved by the grace of God. Would you raise your hand up high? Just hold it there for a moment. I know, I know. I said, I know that I'm saved. I don't doubt it. I don't hope it. But thank God I know it. All right, you can put your hands down. Some here this morning could not raise your hand. I thank God for your honesty. The first step to salvation is being honest with yourself and honest with Almighty God. How many of you here this morning would say, Brother Walter, I don't know that I'm saved. I don't know that I've taken of that heavenly bread. Brother Walter, would you pray for me that I'll get saved before it's everlasting too late? Take your hand. Would you raise your hand? Let me pray for you. I'm not going to call your name out because I don't know your name. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to where you are. Just acknowledge this morning, Brother Walter, I'm not saved. Pray for me. Pray for me, Brother Walter, that I'll get saved before it's too late. Anybody like it anywhere? Simply raise your hand up, take it right back down. Anybody like it anywhere? How many of you here this morning, Brother Walter? I'm saved, but there's times in my life that I doubt. I see that hand. Thank you for being honest. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that one. Thank you so much for being honest. Brother Walter, there's times in my life that I've doubted my salvation. Friend, Did you believe that you was going to come to church this morning in that vehicle that you came in? 
you depended upon that vehicle to get you here. And that vehicle, Brother Ethan, is made by man. It could be broken down. It could lose its power. It could lose its, it could lose its push. But yet you trust in it to get you to this church. Friend of mine, if you doubt your salvation, you're riding on something greater than a vehicle. You're riding on something called grace. For by grace are ye saved through faith. Jesus said, I'll no wise cast you out. He that cometh unto me hath everlasting life. While Brother Ethan picks out a song, we'll all stand all over the house of God. If you need to come to this altar this morning, the altar's open. Y'all using the altar? Okay. The altar's open. You say, Brother Walter, I've been doubting my salvation. Why don't you come and get that thing settled today? That's probably, Pastor Mike, probably one of the biggest torments a child of God can go through outside of being out of the will of God is trying to figure out, am I saved, am I lost? Am I saved, am I lost? Friend, you can get that thing settled right here today, right now. Come to this altar and talk it over with God. Don't have just a little talk with Jesus. Have a long talk with him. Amen? Get that thing settled this morning. Why don't you come as Brother Ethan, what we're singing? I surrender all. You return your hymnal to 596. Why don't you come this morning? Some are coming. How about you? Some are coming. How about you? Get that thing settled. Fall upon your knees. That's the Lord. To give you assurance of salvation. Ask God to help you this morning. Anybody else need to come? The Lord's working on you and you know it. Why don't you do something about it? Someone else has come. How about you? Would you come surrender your all? Get that assurance settled, friend. Just think what God can do with you if you get it settled today.
Amen. Amen and amen. How many of you thankful Jesus is the bread of life? Praise God. Amen. I'm going to ask Brother Terrell if you'd head on to the back so folks could greet you on the way out and, uh, and uh, I guess, uh, mask up or whatever the world we do these days. But anyway, uh, appreciate that message. Thank you, my friend. He'll be with us tonight as well. So come on back 630 tonight. Let me give you some quick announcements real quick. Uh, just uh, some, if you... Uh, we do. We have started Sunday school back. We started back this morning. I invite you back next Sunday. I'll be teaching uh, through a series on spiritual leadership. I invite you to come. Uh, the the senses of a spiritual leader. Then uh, Tuesday night Bible study. I invite you to come out there. We just started a brand new series on finances. And uh, what we've learned so far is debt's bad. There you go. I saved you saved you an hour there. There you go. Uh, so, so you get that one down. Debt's bad. This Tuesday we'll talk about the the principle of investing. So I invite you to come. Be teaching on Tuesday nights, and then then um, of course our our normal services Sunday morning and Sunday night ten thirty and six thirty. So so I invite you to come join ladies prayer advance. It's uh, it's still on the way I understand it. So we praise the Lord for that. And so if you're still interested in going, there's I think it's not too late back there. Uh, you know about our other ladies know about the Clear Lake retreat coming up, and and right around the corner we have a revival with evangelist. Uh, Taylor Gillespie, looking forward to that in October. So lots going on, lots of uh, uh, excitement to, to be thinking about what the Lord's going to do. And so let's just be dismissed today with prayer. Father, what a privilege it is again to be here together today. Lord, thank you for all your blessings, Lord. I had several folks, Lord, today uh, before service share with me answered prayers. Lord, we, we, we talked about that a lot at the, at the beginning of last year, Lord, and 700-plus uh, uh, answered prayers were put in our prayer boxes. And, Lord, this one we've been praying for for probably well over a year, and, and today it was answered. Lord, we're just thankful that you're still a God who hears and answers prayer. And, uh, Lord, whatever burdens are on folks' hearts, Lord, may they just look up, Lord, uh, just, uh, just keep an upward look, an upward vision on what you have, Lord, on who you are. And then may we look out and go out, Lord. Thank you for what we heard this morning. Look forward to tonight, 630, as we uh, assemble together here in the house of God. Bless, bless us now. Keep us protected this week. And put someone in our path that needs to hear the wonderful truth that Jesus saves. God bless you. Amen.